Hi, and welcome to Getting Biblical, the show where I drink too much and talk about my favorite Bible stories. I am Matt Smith, your host, and thank you for joining us today. All right, so welcome back to the show. I don't know about you at home. I have had a ridiculously crazy couple of weeks. Really, ever since Thanksgiving, it's just felt like a nonstop rush of working like 13-hour days at my job. We're kind of in our busy season and just parties every, like every weekend, like Friday night, Saturday night. There's someone, someone else I know is throwing a different uh, holiday party, either work-related or otherwise. And just so it's been just a roller coaster of things. And even right now, as I'm as I'm saying these words, I've got about 12 hours before I'm supposed to be on a plane flying to Vegas for a couple of days. I'm at the beginning of a two week long vacation here at the end of the year and I'm starting it off with a bang by going to Vegas. Uh, so I, I'm a little bit, to be honest, a little bit stressed. I've got I've got laundry going. Uh, I've got a, I've got a pack still. I've got to get all ready and then try to record this episode, edit it and then put it up so that it can launch on Sunday morning. So, yeah, I got a little bit on my plate. So. Uh, obviously, you don't need to know all of my personal business <laughs> like that, but uh, all that all that to say uh, that this episode is going to be a little bit shorter than the last few ones have been, and and maybe you a couple of you are happy about that. <laughs> maybe keep it keep it a little tighter, but it's still like a, it's a great story, uh, an interesting story. We're talking about uh, oh, real quick also a little bit of a trigger warning for those out there. Uh, the the episode is going to deal with the topic of rape, which I know has been pretty consistent lately, but that's not my fault. That's just how the stories go. Uh, however, with this story, there's a really great, uh, I don't know if justice is the right word, but definitely avenging or, or revenge uh, as far as the the rapists don't get away with it, which is, which is fantastic, which is great, and something that I wish uh, was happening more in... in the United States today, but not trying to start any social commentary uh, at this point on that. But so that's the story that we're gonna that we're gonna be dealing with, and uh, excited to be talking about it. So, as always, before we begin, I'm gonna talk about what I'm drinking. So last week, on my way home from work after working like 14 hours or whatever that day, I stopped by my favorite liquor store that is very easily accessible on my way home. It is is on my path home and very easy to just slide in real quick, grab something, and then be on my way without making any U-turns or anything uh, cumbersome. And so I, I, I park and I go in to, to just grab a little something, and I realize that the whole the whole place, this whole strip mall liquor store that used to have you know just boxes thrown about and just floor-to-ceiling bottles everywhere that they had revamped and it was much cleaner and much roomier and and spaced out and they'd got new shelves in and everything and it looked much nicer uh but it was a little little bit of a shock you know you're you're used to kind of the uh, like almost like bodega or you know that style of just like there's there's booze everywhere and try not to break any while you're walking down the aisles and uh so that that kind of shook me up a little bit so the story behind that is that the the liquor store had been bought out by by new owners and they were revamping the store and doing stuff and that was that was the reason for the change but with all of this they decided to redo their inventory and get rid of a bunch of stuff that they didn't think that they needed anymore they weren't planning to carry in their store any longer so they had a, a three shelves of and and I lucked out in this regard they had three shelves of a whiskey and bourbon 
no scotch, unfortunately, but uh, I'll take what I can get. Whiskey and bourbon for $10 a bottle, which is an amazing price. Nothing was like super fancy or super like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you have this. But they're still like $30 bottles generally, and to get them for $10 was an absolute steal. So, so I grabbed up one of each of the different ones they had. It looked interesting to me. I left the stuff in plastic bottles alone. I didn't touch those. But the, the nicer things that or things that I wanted to try or, or, or just piqued my interest, uh, grabbed those. So I got six bottles for $60, which is an amazing price. And so today is the first night that I'm busting one of those open. Uh, so bought it on a whim, bought it because it was on clearance, and trying it out. And so today, for today's bottle, we have one called, it's, the brand is American Born. It's a bourbon whiskey. It's kind of cool. They have the, you know, the logo. I don't know if this is part of the, no, I don't think it's part of the NRA, but it's the snake, the coiled snake that says, don't tread on me. I know I've seen it on bumper stickers a lot in the South here, and I don't know quite the full uh, tie-in to, to the, to the logo there, but it's in the, it's on the bottle. It's, 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 what do you, what's the wording? Uh, it's part of the bottle. It's not a label. It's not a sticker. It is part of the bottle. It's in the glass. Uh, this, the don't tread on me. It even has the letters, don't tread on me and the snake. And so that's pretty cool. And uh, the bottle, I guess they're the company was originally, they originally did American Born, was, you know, the brand. They did Moonshine, Legal Moonshine. And they got bought out and decided to make their own, you know, take that moonshine and basically put it in a barrel uh, and to make, to make bourbon. Uh, whiskey, which is kind of how the process goes, and uh, it's 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 not it's not bad. It's actually pretty good, uh, especially at ten dollars. It's really good for ten dollars. It's it's neat. It's actually eighty three proof, and supposedly it says on their website and on the bottle that it, they they chose the eighty three uh, proof to coincide with seventeen eighty three and the Revolutionary War and independence of our country and all this kind of stuff, and. I don't know if I don't know how it works if they could if they have the science to specifically make it 83 proof so that it coincides with that or it just came out as 83 proof and they decided to uh, just you know roll with it as a marketing thing. I don't know how that works exactly, but I like it. I'm into it. You know, go America. <laughs> uh, so American born bourbon whiskey, 83 proof. Don't tread on me. It's it's really great. It's actually it's a it's like moderately uh, like harsh or you know kind of like it'll hit you a little bit, but it's not bad. I've had much much worse. And it's you know and then with a little bit like a little bit of ice, a little bit of water really opens it up. I'm actually you know for ten dollars especially and even a little bit more, it's really great. I'm sure it'd also be awesome with uh, like a mix, mixing it with something else, uh, Coke or whatever you might want to do. So anyway, so that was a pleasant surprise for a ten dollar purchase off the clearance rack for under new management <laughs> liquor store um and that's what i'm drinking today so now that we're done with that we can get on to the topic at hand on bible stuff so we finished up with the whole the 12 sons of israel are finally all born and they're all here you know we've got reuben and simeon levi judah issachar zebulun dan naphtali gad and Asher, and Joseph, and Benjamin, right? All 12. And of course, their sister, their one sister, Dinah. So the 12 boys, the one girl. And this is the story that we're talking about here uh, comes into play right after Jacob reunites with his brother Esau. 
and they kind of go back to have their little family reunion over by Esau's house, but because Jacob has too many flocks and, you know, the speckled, the speckled flocks, because he has too much stuff, he can't just go, like, move back in with his brother. You know, he's got to make his own his own space. So he goes to, uh, to a nearby village, nearby town, where the king of that, that place, Hamor, he sold him, Hamor sold Jacob, a plot of land near their city so they could have all his flocks and he could kind of live there. So it wasn't in the city, but it was nearby. And so they're still, you know, he's reconnecting with his brother and all that kind of stuff. But so Dinah, and I don't know exactly how old she is at this point, but one day decides to have like a girl's day or girl's night out. And she gets some of her friends or whatever, I guess. And they go out into the nearby city. They go out into Hamor's city. And I don't know if this was at like a Thursday night, uh, girls, you know, ladies night, go get some drinks, or if it was just Starbucks and hot yoga day, or what else? I don't even know what else women do when they're together like that. Or who knows? Something along those lines. She went out with her friends, and while she was out, she meets this guy, Shechem. And now Shechem, uh, he finds her attractive, he, he, he likes her, and he, as the Bible puts it, takes her and rapes her. He has, has his way with her, uh, with poor Dinah. And come to find out, push come to shove, uh, we learn that Shechem is the son of Hamor, the, the, like the king or whatever of that little town. So he's the prince of the town. So talk about like the rich kid, the privileged kid with the powerful father going around raping girls and, and not having repercussions, right? This is a prime example of, of that. But, however, a little bit, <laughs> that we find out that the Bible says, and I kind of like this line, if it wasn't horrible, a horrible situation, a horrible sense, it says that Shechem's soul joined to her, which I guess just means like he, he fell in love with her. Like, yes, he raped her, but it wasn't just a quick one and done. Uh, he, he fell in, like madly in love with her. He was enamored with her and really 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 wanted to marry her after this like like i know i can i can hear your eye rolls and you're like like what the hell's wrong with this guy uh that's not that's not how this works but so he went he goes to to his dad hamor the you know the privileged you know uh rich king or whatever the little town and he's like dad i just i gotta be with her i gotta marry her like what you know like gotta make it happen like like get your lawyers like we gotta we gotta we gotta work this out and so his, his rich dad gets his, his lawyers and they go to Jacob to try and work out a deal. So he, he comes up to Jacob. He goes out to the, the plot of land that he had sold Jacob and the, he goes out and visits him. And Jacob knows about the rape. He knows about what happened and he's not happy at all. But he's trying to keep his cool, not to escalate the situation, uh, you know, and, and at least hear Hamor out and hear what he has to say as he's approaching. Now, that was Jacob's attitude. Dinah's brothers, Jacob's sons, did not have the same restraint or the same. They weren't trying to keep it cool. They were pissed. Uh, they they wanted to avenge their sister and were not okay with any of it, and rightfully so, right? So, but, but Jacob kind of like told him to to chill a little bit on it, and so Hamor rolls up and he's like, "Hey, like, so this happened. This bad thing happened. But my son really." 
loves your daughter like he really loves her what do we need to do to get these two crazy kids together like what do we what do we need to do to make this make this marriage happen he's like i think it's gonna be a great a great plan they can get married and then our family will be joined to your family and we can trade and we can be best friends and we can have family reunions and all that and and just like he wants to make it a big deal, sweep everything under the rug, and just now have a prosperous future together, and just totally bypassing the whole like fact that rape happened. Um, and Jacob's not feeling that. He's not about. It. He's like, no, no, no. Like you, like this. A bad thing happened. I'm not okay with this. This is not how this works. And uh, Hamor's comes back, and he's just like, come on, like let me let me make it right. Um, why should you know? If, if, a few minutes of action or whatever, like ruin my son's life. You know, give him a little slap on the wrist and then let him get married. Like no big deal. And again, Jacob's you know, like, no, no way. This is not. This is not how this works. This is horrible. He needs to get in trouble, not marry her. I'm not gonna let my daughter marry the man that raped her or whatever. That's just that's that's a bad, bad way to go about business. So, a bad way to go about things. And it's really just human piece of shit. Uh, these people. But anyway, so. Jacob stays quiet for a minute. He's just kind of like, he's not saying yes, but, it, you know, he's just like, whatever. Hamor again, you know, it's like, we got to make it happen. We got to make it happen. Let, let him get married. Let him get married. He's like, what will it cost? What will it cost to to have this happen? Like, you know, are you looking for a payout? What are you doing? Like, you know, I don't know if he thought they was trying to, like, get, like, not bribe money, but, you know, get, you know, trying to, like, you know, up the stakes a little bit or whatever. And, and Jacob doesn't doesn't come back with anything because he doesn't. That's not what he's for. He's not trying to get a payday out of it. Like he just doesn't want anything to happen. But his sons speak up. They chime in and they say, uh, "Hey man, we can't give you our sister. We can't give you Dinah to marry your son because also the whole like you know we're gonna like the two families are gonna be together. We're gonna trade with each other. Like we can't we can't make these dealings. We can't do all that because you and your people, your whole kingdom." y'all are not circumcised and we don't deal with people that aren't circumcised we only intermarry with circumcised people that's our custom that's how our family does it so unless you're willing to circumcise you and your son and everyone in the kingdom uh you need to get out of our house you need to leave that's that's the deal that's the deal and i and i can only assume that at that point they were thinking that Hamor would be like oh well very nice talking to you. Have a great life. Uh, sorry about the rape. Bye. And like, and then and then go about his day because that's a pretty pretty tall request. Pretty big big thing to ask for, right? To circumcise the whole town. But much to their surprise, he comes back and he's like, "Sounds like a fair deal. I really I really want to make this happen. I really want my son to be happy with this girl uh, and live happily ever after." So they agree uh and and Hamar is like give me give me 24 hours let me go i'm gonna go back home and we're gonna get everybody circumcised and and we'll come back and we'll get we'll get dinah and they'll get married and, and it'll be great it'll be great and i don't know if they just like all like the whole family uh the 12 brothers like just jaws at the floor or what when like they so readily agreed to this but anyway so Hamar goes back and he goes to his son he's like great great news like i've got I, I i scored you the the wife or whatever like we we got this like everything's a, it's a done deal you're gonna get married to her we're gonna have a big ceremony it's gonna be awesome by the way run real quick uh you gotta cut off part of your dick like you gotta you gotta cut off the tip of it and but shechem didn't care like he it said um what was it what was the verse oh his soul joined to her 
which is a, a nice like cute like romantic term if it didn't come from uh, act of rape like you know otherwise anybody else any other like consenting you know relationship it's a very sweet thing to say uh anyway but so he's like super into her and whatever he's like whatever i don't care let's do it so i i imagine it like when it's flu season and like you can just go to your local like walgreens and there's like lines of people up to go get their flu shots you know every fall or whatever it is and uh, i i just what i imagine like there's just a, a decree that goes out and everybody in the village has to get circumcised and you just have to go to your well you know there's, there's just lines at the door like you gotta go to your local walgreens and get circumcised in order for these two kids to get married just ridiculous stuff. <laughs> ridiculous. I just that's that's the mental image that I have anyway. And so, but the whole town does it. The whole town. They all get circumcised. They they don't fight back. They don't say this is absurd. I don't want to get circumcised so that the prince can get married to some girl or whatever. Like doesn't seem like a fair trade, but they do it. Everybody goes along with it. Maybe it's because of the dad's you know rich lawyer friends or whatever. They 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 made a marketing campaign or something and convinced everybody to do it. I don't know. I don't know how it works, but everyone gets circumcised. And then, and as you can imagine, as I imagine, I don't know this from personal experience, uh, but I only imagine that being circumcised as an adult is not fun. (laughs) It's it's painful. And I've had my wisdom teeth taken out, and it took about three days for me not to be high on meds and in pain and anything anymore i can only imagine what circumcision is and how long that takes for you to get back to 100 percent. so on the third day after the whole the whole city gets circumcised right the, the black friday of circumcisions the whole town but there's this third day while everyone is recovering and they've got bandages on their crotches and everything and they're like ice packs right uh just lay they're laid up in bed the whole town while this is happening two of dinah's brothers simeon and levi they grab swords and they just run rampant through the city they just start kicking in doors and murdering all the dudes in the city uh, they i don't know if they started with them but they they kill hamor they kill his son shechem you know especially shechem and he's the rapist they kill both of them and just every other dude in the city uh they leave the women and the children but every dude they just they just murder and they can't fight back because they they just got circumcised you know three days ago and it was it's <laughs> horrible but also like ingenious and like what a great plan like that's the only way to like tip that you couldn't have two guys take on a whole city all by themselves unless you play the odds in your favor which they did and i don't know if this is what they wanted to do at the beginning when they suggested the idea but they definitely knew how to take advantage of the situation i just i just been like, like these guys just throughout the city just everywhere just laying in their beds you know like i said with with ice packs and bandages on these guys just kicking indoors and stabbing them you know and then on to the next one just ran through the town uh just a bloody massacre just absolutely horrible uh but also i respect it i respect it uh you know just the uh the strategy of it all i respect and so they do all that and then there's a little bit afterwards where they uh, they realize now all the guys are dead and they don't want anything to go to waste so they see they, they, they just start plundering they take all the jewelry and all their their livestock and their their tvs and their xboxes right and anything they wanted uh, their handguns whatever they just they just start pillaging and taking everything which is not a normal thing that any of the israelites do like that's not 
their M.O. generally. But, you know, it was first revenge for the rape, and then they just pile it on on top of it, I guess, and they just they just took everything. Um, and then, but then their dad, Jacob, finds out about it, and he, he realizes what happens and what they did. And he can't, I mean, at, at this point, he can't do anything. The deed has been done. The whole city, of all these men are dead. And, and I don't know, so real quick, there's not really big evidence that this town was as bad as like Sodom and Gomorrah that we talked about or anything like that. Uh, clearly, there's some issues here where the prince's son, uh, you know, raped a girl and, and no one bothered, you know, to worry about it. But that sucks. But I don't know on, on a, as a whole how many of these other guys in the city were more more or less innocent and everything. So, yeah, kind of a bad thing. But anyway, anyway, so uh, Jacob kind of scolds him a little bit. And he's like, that wasn't cool sons that wasn't that wasn't okay you can't you can't just go and like trick people into circumcision and then kill them all <laughs> an act of revenge like you can't there were there were there were innocents in the in the scope in the, in the line so and but simeon and levi they come back and they were they retort with what should we have done let them treat our sister like a prostitute and that is where the chapter ends Jacob doesn't get a doesn't give a reply. He doesn't come back and like, oh, here's what you should have done. Just like end of sentence, mic drop, dunzo, like like hold that. Um, I think it's, it's great. I think it's amazing. So, it, you know, uh, what they did wasn't 100 percent righteous, totally perfect, without without blame. But um, what are you gonna do? What are you gonna say? Should they have? You know, what should they have done? Let them treat our sister like a prostitute. So. So that's the story of the time that they turned circumcision into a weapon. Weaponized circumcision from Levi and Simeon. Uh, it's, I think it's, you know, aside from the rape, it's a great, it's a great fun story. Uh, <laughs> it's a stupid sentence. I take it back. Um, there's a couple other, one other neat point that I wanted to bring up. So in the, not related to the story, but just in, in the past in general, something that I was thinking about the other day. So I've kind of talked a little bit about in the past about the the patriarch of the Bible and the patriarchy and how women sometimes don't get a, the fair shake of when you know like the the buy one get one free on the wife deal with Laban and just other stuff and like all, like all the when Rachel and Leah were giving. Uh, their husband Jacob, you know, their slave girls to have more babies, you know, and that type of thing. And this, this, that kind of doesn't sit real well with with you <laughs> in 2018. That kind of treatment of women and slavery and slave girls and whatever that type of thing. I, I can't really speak to a lot, but as far as the women thing, one cool kind of neat part to talk about or or to point out that I that I think is interesting is that even though there is the patriarchy. In a lot of these stories, and a lot of the the main characters that we follow in these stories, a lot of them do discuss stuff with their wives. Like they they talk about things, and I might sometimes I'll try to do better about really highlighting them, but maybe I kind of glance over them or don't really go into detail. But a lot of them, you know, they they do sit down with their wives. They don't just demand or you know tell them. Oh, like when when um when Jacob was leaving Laban and he went to his his wives and were like you know i think we should leave what do you think and they were like like no like our dad gave us both to you so yeah we should definitely leave so that was kind of like that's like one little thing like they don't it's not that they don't get a say you know they 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 get to talk to their husband 
husbands, you know, they have a voice. But also, too, one of the coolest things, I think, is that if you look at all these, and I definitely glossed over this, but whenever, most of the time, the vast majority of the time in the Bible that I've noticed, when a baby is born, the wife, you know, the mother gets to name the baby, right? So even though it's the patriarchy, the mother gets to name the baby. So she's got another, she's got to say, you know, if, if this is going to be a, a lineage, a great line of people that come from this child, she's the one that gets to name it. And I think that's, that's a neat thing. I don't, I don't know how that, how that plays into other cultures and to the, by today's standards or whatever. I don't know. I don't know how it works exactly, but you know, I'm used to like in America here where when the husband and wife get married and the wife takes the husband's last name in general customs or whatever it's kind of the way it's been you know so this idea of the of the mother you know just outright giving the baby the name and the father doesn't have input he doesn't say anything um i think that's cool i think it's neat also there's another side point where uh i can't remember at what part this is but the slave girl that rachel had given to jacob um bilha i think her name was when bilha passed away it goes through and actually specifies that when she passed away, Jacob, uh, he, they, he buried her at like a ceremony and he constructed a pile of stones to make a grave for her. And, and he like named the place in remembrance of her. You know, he loves, he loves naming places. He loves setting up stone structures and, and naming things. But they did a whole thing. Like they really point out like that it, like they don't, you know, they didn't just like gloss over when she passed away. I think almost, no, that's not true. But so it's cool. So even though she was originally like a servant girl, she gave him children and he, you know, you know, I don't, I don't know how the whole life was, but at least in death, like he respected her and, and made her a gravesite and named it and everything. And it's kind of one of those points that like, like, why was it important for them to bring it up? Why, why was that even written in there? Um, other than just to, to show her honor and, and whatever. So I don't know. It's just a neat little thing. And that, um, not saying that it's all fair in the Bible and, and the treatment of women and everything, but it's there's there's a couple there's a couple of nice little spots in there, and we're gonna get in the future to some other really awesome badass women of the Bible also. So anyway, uh, that's about my story. That's about my that's about my time. Um, it's a, like I said, it's a short episode, but uh, I think I heard the dryer go off, so I need to go do laundry and pack. So <laughs> we'll be back next week. I'm planning on. If it all works out, next week doing a special Christmas episode for you guys. So stay tuned for that. And we will talk to you then. Hope you have a fantastic week. Thank you for tuning in. Cheers.